everyone. Welcome back to the You Like That Podcast Extra episode. Finally back, bringing it back, doing those classics that you all like, that you all recommend to me. Obviously, the new formula now is I'm not giving you votes. You're just telling me what to watch. And that's what we've done first week. Alyssa's nabbed that first spot. And she's giving me something interesting that I've never seen before. And we're going to be looking at the Green Mile. So that is on today's agenda. This is episode 40. My name is Adam. You are here with the You Like That podcast on the extra episode. Okay, so let's let's talk about the Green Mile. Uh, this is going to be a review from the eyes of someone who's never seen this movie before. I know, blasphemous. It's just one of those one of those movies that you know everyone should have seen when it came out, and whatever else have you. But I never did, and there's a lot I didn't know about this movie. Even though it's been out since 1999, I still did not know next to anything about it. So, uh, that it was a Stephen King novel, no idea. Had no idea. I thought this was just one of those heartfelt movies. It was just one of those incredible ones that you have to watch to really tick it off your bucket list. Let's have you. Uh, so, Alyssa came with me. She said, here's a list of movies. What haven't you seen? I said, these, these, and this. She said, bang, Green Mile. That's what you're doing. So I'm here to oblige. Do the Green Mile. Now, what no one ever told me was how long this movie went for. Um, so let's, I'm going to run through the, the, quick, um, the quick details for the movie first. So uh, the Green Mile released in 1999. Uh, this is directed by Frank Darabont. Uh, he also directed The Shawshank Redemption. Um, based on Stephen King's novel, The Green Mile, uh, this has a runtime, which is, this is what got me 188 minutes. This hit three hours, three fucking hours. This thing outdid Marvel before Marvel knew what a long runtime was. And I'll talk about that in my review, but, uh, budget of 60 million and box office scored 286.8 million in 1999. You call that a hit. It's a decent amount of money for something back then. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score, Rotten Tomatoes critics, 78%. Uh, this was only off the basis of about 140-odd critic reviews. Obviously, the older movies, they don't give a lot of critic options back then to, to review. So, older movies, sometimes the critic scores can be a lot lower than what you'd expect it to be uh, because the audience score is 94%. So that sort of tells you through the years of people getting onto this movie, whether they be from when they first watched it to maybe getting into it now for the first time, like me. Uh, it just keeps boosting that rating. And obviously it won many, many awards. Um, you know about it in pop culture. You know certain scenes more than anything. Um, the casting, we have Tom Hanks starring as Paul Edgecombe. David Morse as Brutus Howe, Michael Clark Duncan as John Coffey, James Cromwell as Howe Moores, Michael Jetta as Edouard Delacroix, uh, Doug Hutchison as Percy Whitmore, Sam Rockwell as William Wharton. Many other people in this movie as well, but hey, you don't know as many other as big names. It's all about them big, big boys. Uh, but the basic premise, uh, Paul is a death row prison guard during the Great Depression, which experiences paranormal events following the arrival of new death row convict John Goffey. So, straight up, The Green Mile, what is my what is my initial thoughts on The Green Mile? Yeah, it's a good movie. 
it, it's a good movie. Um, I I understand why this is such a such a well beloved movie. Why so many people have cherished this movie for so long. Why this is you know regarded as probably one of Stephen King's best film adaptations and one of the most true to the book. Um, I know in the DVD commentary, he did say that at that point, that was the most to the book film adaptation of one of his novels that there has been. Since then, we've, we've had a lot of shit since then, but this, okay, this isn't as, as wacky and zany as you get in a Stephen King type novel. I mean, it's, it's, it's got, it's, it's got its parts, right? We'll, we'll get into the parts we get into, but it, it has its moments and it's definitely something that seems like it is very true to its source. Um, but it's that runtime that, <laughs> that really dreads and, and, and lingers to you. Cause you look at that. It's so if you're like me and you haven't seen this movie before and you go, yeah, I'm going to watch it. And you don't know about the runtime. You do what I did on Thursday on sorry, Wednesday night and go, load it up, Netflix, three hours, turn it off, watch it another fucking time, I had to dedicate a lot of time to fucking get this movie watched, but I did it, I did it, and I'm glad that I did, because it was a good movie, and albeit the runtime being what it was, once you get to the end, yeah, you, you got a great movie, you got a really good movie on your hands here, um, so, the the whole overarching story of this, uh, you know, it mostly centers around Tom Hanks's character being his death row uh, prison guard, overseeing the the guys that are sentenced to death, um, keeping him in their cells until they prep him and get him ready to take him to the electric chair, and it's not until the arrival of John Coffey comes in where things start to change and it's that's when we get the Stephen King supernatural-esque vibe to the movie, yeah. Excuse me. John Coffey's got these supernatural healing factor powers where he can he can essentially heal any sort of uh, internal, physical, emotional damage by a touch, um, whether that be human or mouse. You can do any, and you know it's it's some weird things that sort of throw the movie. But what I kind of like is that this supernatural aspect to the movie it doesn't sort of lean on itself. That this is a movie based all around the supernatural, because really it's it's what's happening around this movie. It's what's happening with how these people are acting. We've got to remember this movie taking place during the Great Depression in the nineteen thirties, nineteen forties, and. Obviously, it's a very struggling time. At that point in America, one in, I think it was a third of Americans were unemployed at that rate. You know, you still had a lot of bad people doing a lot of bad things um, with the African-American community. You had a lot of people out in their luck looking for a job to do fucking anything. Um, it shows corruptness within the government uh, with Percy's character being that, you know, he his, his, what was his, his auntie or something is the governor or sister to the governor or something like that. So that's why he's, he's such a dick in this fucking movie because it's all about power and, you know, it's who you know, not what you know, who you fucking know. But 
it, it centers itself around around everything else that's happening to, to to make it more heartfelt and emotional because you're not shown a lot of John Coffey. Uh, and obviously, Michael Duncan Clark, he's Michael Clark Duncan, sorry. He's he was a huge guy, large as anything. And he acts like he's just so precious and he's so scared of a lot of things. And when it it's told like why he's on death row, I'm like, fuck, that's horrible. But then the whole time leading through, it's the whole showing thing of like, well, there's no way this guy could have done it. And obviously, once you get through, no, he didn't do it. He's just such a lovable person. But experiencing the world that he has been in, he's ultimately fine with death by the end of it anyway. But the only times his supernatural effects come into, into, into being within a three-hour runtime, you know, it's to heal Tom Hanks in a couple seconds, to resurrect a mouse, to fix... Um, Cromwell's wife's disease, a tumor, and there might have been one more in there, but I can't remember. Oh, when he sort of, when he possesses Percy and fucking injects him with the flies or whatever there, and he shoots Billy the Kid. Um, so yeah, you're not shrouded in that supernaturalness, so you're not you're not going to this going, oh, I'm getting a Stephen King horror movie. I'm just getting an emotional heartfelt movie with, with a, with a little bit of supernatural on the side. And I think that's probably why I've gone through all this time through my life, not knowing about this movie, not knowing it was a Stephen King movie and thinking it was just like, Oh, this is a really, really sad movie because no one was ever talking about the supernatural effects that took place in this movie. So I really liked that. That's what they did here. Um, and they get a lot of story told, they create emotion around a lot of their characters, not just over Tom Hanks, not just over um, Michael's character. Uh, it, it centers itself around, like when you've got Dell and, and his mouse, Mr. Jangles, um, uh, your, your hate, you, know, you just, you want Percy to die so fucking bad. Um, how will the other inmates are? How will the other guards react to everything? And yeah, it's, it's, emotionally attaching in so many different points um like especially when when percy fucks up deliberately on dell's execution doesn't put the damn sponge on his head and when you want to talk about practical effects my god they they kill it in this one and, and as it as it does in a lot of these older movies you know back in the older episodes we'd always talk about you know how good movies before the year 2000 were with their practical effects because there wasn't as much CGI back then. And it was more than anything, a lot easier just to get some squibs and a couple of um, uh, makeup dolls and explosions, real fire and everything. And it just looks, it looks incredible. And when you're sitting there burning on that chair and the, the blue flames come through in that, it just, it looks incredible. It does look really incredible. And that, and that adds that fear factor to the movie there, but it's also so, uh, it's so sad knowing that this character that, okay, he's in there for some heinous crimes, whether that be true or false, whatever we, you don't know, uh, you know, you still get an attachment to certain people as they sort of try to change their ways and to see them be put through so much torture and pain 
because of the acts of one man, genuinely on purpose, you know, that's what, that's John Coffey's whole thing is that I have to punish this guy because he's bad. And you hate Percy for this. You feel sad for the way that Dell is executed. And that's only about, what is it? Less than halfway, just over halfway in the movie. And then you've still got a lot more to go. So emotion is the big thing in this whole movie. Once you learn about John Coffey, his, his abilities, what, uh, what actually happened in those events with the two dead girls, that it wasn't him, it was fucking Billy the Kid who was sitting there in the other cell that Percy shot. Uh, then you get that shock factor. And you go, fuck, twist. This is who did it. John's completely innocent. See, he's just a fucking nice guy and everything. And from everything that he's done for Tom Hanks to, to cure him as he, from his internal... Um, I can't remember. Was it a cancer? Was it, was it a disease or something that was happening with him? And then with Cromwell's wife's tumor getting rid of that and showing so much how much he can help and all the guards they're all witness to this so they're all so happy and and they really like this guy but and then they want to try and get him off and say no we'll let you free but he's like nah man <laughs> death is okay with me because this world fucking sucks there's so much bad in this world and it's like yeah that resonates today so well so you get a really sad death, obviously, in front of the the audience that is the two daughters, uh, mum and dad, who believe that John Coffey is the one that killed them and everyone else in the room. But as the, as the guards, I can't sit here and go, well, no, nah, he touched me and I saw what actually happened. Uh, no, nah, he's innocent. They got to you know, act professional. But a bunch of them all crying. It's, it's, it's a sad-ass scene. And... You, you got to praise so much that the emotion in this movie really, really, really hits home on this. So, after all that, everything that you get in this movie, the emotion, the not a, not as much supernatural stuff to get you through, the runtime is still what drags me down from this movie where I don't think I can watch it again. It's, it, it, it's a full story. It's a great story. But three hours is a long time when a lot of it is just talking back and forth and... You know, there is a lot that you can trim from this movie. You know, maybe if this was like a 2.22.30 hour movie. Okay, maybe, maybe. But, yeah, stretching in three hours, just a little bit too long for me. Let me just grab my notes quickly because I'm blind as a bat. Um, yeah, so the performance overall, Tom Hanks' performance, uh, this shows you why Tom Hanks was one of the, the top guys uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s, still probably to this day, you can still pull off a great movie. Um, emotionally killed it throughout the whole thing. Uh, then obviously, Michael Clark Duncan, just an absolute sweetheart of a guy. Um, rest in peace to him, passed away many years ago now. Uh, but his his whole performance of being this, this huge, really big, scary looking guy, but he's just a heart of gold and he's scared of so much. He's scared of the dark. He just wants a friend. He, he can't. He can't read that well. He's just been blessed with this power that he doesn't know why, but knows that you know I, I can't fix it. I can't fix everything, and the world sucks. Basically, is is, is everything for him. Um, but overall, for this whole movie, for the Green Mile, 
I really enjoyed this movie. Um, it's it's got so much to it. I, I still can't believe it's a Stephen a Stephen King novel uh, adaptation. But yeah, I, I'm I'm I can say I'm I'm happy I've now been able to watch this movie. Uh, so I'm gonna end off with a couple. I'm I'm gonna do this with a couple round out questions. Thanks to Elicit for helping with this one here. Just to round out these episodes, especially for these older movies, it's it's, it's good to sort of question these these ones here so what would i think of this movie if i saw it closer at release you know uh, being closer to i would have only been six years old seeing this movie uh when it first came out um but i think even if i probably watched it in the early 2000s yeah i probably wouldn't have vibed with it just because of my age and you know i wasn't into the sort of uh, these type of movies back then um but uh, but I think still back then, it, it it's great then it's great now. Um. So what would I change if this movie came out now? The runtime, <laughs> the runtime is probably all I'd change in this movie. There's not much else to change in this movie other than lighting sets. You know, the practical stuff that you have now. Uh, the runtime is all that I would change in this movie. Nothing else needs to be changed whatsoever. Uh, favorite part. Favorite part, uh, as morbid as it is, was probably uh, Dell's execution, just because of the practical effects in that scene. Um, it's just it just shows how great it was back then. Uh, favorite character, Mister Jengles, the mouse. Sorry, he's cute. He's a cute fucking mouse, man. He can do tricks. He's like 104 years old. Can't can't go past Mister Jengles. Uh, and does it hold up in today's world? Yes. I think this does hold up in today's world. And as you can see from this review coming out from a guy that's seen it, what are we, 13 years, 20, 23 years after its initial release. Yeah, I, I can safely say that it holds up in today's standards and today's world. And if someone hasn't seen it, they can still go and watch it and, and have a good movie and enjoy it. I think the the emotion of this movie still hold up in today's standards. The world is still a shit place worse things happen these days and, it, and it's still uh, incredibly unjust the way everything is run in this world but you know that's all for another another topic of discussion anyway uh but yeah that's the green mile the green mile is a great movie it is on netflix so if you haven't seen it which i'm sure not a, not many of you are like me and haven't seen it but if you haven't it is on netflix so you can stream it um you can find it at the video store the fucking video store Who, where's a video store these days find me one video store <laughs> uh jb hi-fi or something like two bucks you could probably find it on, on dvd for uh but that's a green mile that's my review 23 later 23 years later after its release and i can happily say it's a great movie so uh Alyssa, thank you for the recommendation and getting me to watch this movie if you guys want to recommend me anything uh jump over to the instagram links are in the bio there just shoot me a message let me know something older something maybe uh close to you or something that not many people know about, like a hidden gem, where it was a random movie you found one day, and you're like, oh, that's a good movie, but it didn't come to cinemas or anything. Let me know those type of movies, and every week I'm going to decide one, and that's what that's what the extra is going to be. So I want your guys' interaction on that one to help me out what to do here. Next week, Jack has already chimed in, and we're going to be talking about John Wick because of my absolute love for John Wick, and he, he hears me harp on about it all the time, so he wants to know my full 
in-deep thoughts about that movie. So that'll be the new one. Uh, the main show, there is a main show. It's on this channel as well, where you're already at. Uh, we just, I, I, I just did uh, Nightmare Alley, The New Guillermo del Toro, starring Bradley Cooper, Tony Collette, Kate Blanchett. Uh, and this week, I'm going to be doing Scream, the new Scream movie. Uh, so stick around for that one there. I'll go back and watch the old one. But wherever you need to find me, all the links are below. Anywhere you get podcasts, audio form, YouTube, we're always here every week, Sundays and Thursdays, maybe Fridays, depending. And anything else you want to talk to me about, just hit me up in the DMs. We can talk about movies for who knows how long. But guys, thank you for joining me here on the You Like That podcast. This has been the extra episode. And so I'll see you guys on the main show. Have a good one.